Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. So today we are talking about the rabbit's foot fern. This is a very interesting plant because some people think it's creepy. Some people think it's just so unique and it's awesome and it's something you're not really going to find on most houseplants. And that is my perspective on it. I love and embrace the creepiness of it. So rabbit's foot fern, also commonly called spider fern, squirrel's foot fern, and deer's foot fern. Why called deer's foot fern, I have no idea. But I can see the rabbit, squirrel, and spider. It honestly has a very, very delicate, lacy looking, kind of bluish, a little bit of grayish colored foliage, very delicate. And then it has what looks like spider legs creeping over the side of the pot that look fuzzy. So that's why it's called a rabbit's foot fern because they're like fuzzy, but they're pretty thin um, and they get bigger, obviously, as the plant gets bigger. So the botanical name for this plant is Devalia fegiensis, I believe. And the kind of spider legs I keep talking about are actually rhizomes. They're not roots, so you don't want to bury those that are kind of growing over the pot. And that's just what they do. They grow over the pot. They kind of cling onto the side of the pot and just hang out there. So it's a very unique plant. If you're looking for something a little bit different, this definitely is it. So let's get into the care for the plant. Rabbit's foot fern can handle low light conditions up to bright indirect conditions. So just avoid direct sunlight basically and you're good. Or at least you should be good because the foliage will burn if you put it in direct sunlight. So currently I have one just off of an east window and it's doing really great. And that east window gets blocked obviously pretty quickly because the sun moves away from the house pretty quickly, but it does get that bright light in the morning into the early, early afternoon, late morning, I should say. And I know that's very general when I say it can handle low light to bright indirect, but it really is true. If you're noticing bright indirect is almost too much light and the leaves are starting to fade or burn a little bit, move it out of the light. But this is definitely a plant that can handle the low light and medium light conditions. If you have a north window or just off of a north window, it will probably do great there. The next requirement, which is always the water requirement, is kind of the more important part to this plant. So rabbit's foot fern definitely need to be a little bit more moist consistently. Not necessarily like maidenhair fern always needs to be moist, but I wouldn't let them dry out completely. So the times where I go a little bit longer in between watering with these, the, the leaves do start to get brown. 
So you want to make sure at least I water about once a week. And now I hate saying watering once a week because everyone's home conditions are very different. But for me, I have it in an east window. I don't really provide extra humidity, which we'll go over in a second. And it's not, we have like a dry house in winter, um, but it's usually a little bit warmer in summer. We don't usually have the AC too cold in the summer. So it's about once a week during the peak growing season. It's probably about every week and a half, maybe pushing it to two weeks sometimes in the winter. And that's okay to do in winter too. Watering a little less is fine just because it's not pushing out as much growth. So medium moisture for sure. I also have it in a cash pot um, with an ivy, which is funny. So I have a really long, thin pot that fits like four inch pot, like two four inch pots in it. So I just stuck an ivy in it with it and it's, they're both doing really, really good in there. And I think the extra moisture that comes out of the bottom of the pots might be providing a little bit more humidity for it. And I just don't realize it. Um, and I think being surrounded by other plants definitely helps it, but I'm not putting it near a humidifier at all. Once in a while, I will miss the leaves, but not really consistently. Maybe every week I do that. Um, but it's really the consistent watering that has helped me with it and has like helped it through any dry times that I have missed watering it. And since it's in such a small pot, it does dry out fast too. So the medium moisture is important. Now humidity, I know I've talked about it a little bit. High humidity is a really positive factor for these ferns. But like I said, I don't really provide extra humidity for it. Not enough to make a huge difference. And these are one of the ferns, and it did say in a couple of the books that they are one of the ferns that can really tolerate low humidity and do totally fine. So as I said, I don't provide extra humidity like a humidifier or anything. I missed it occasionally, maybe once a week. And my plant is growing and it's doing really well. I think it's the watering that helps the most. And I think being just off the east window does help as well. So let's jump into fertilizer, other facts, Instagram Q&A. Okay, so fertilizer really isn't much different than any other podcast episode. Um, so I st still use the Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer and I do use it about every two weeks in peak season. Then I cut it down to basically every maybe two months in winter. And I use about a half to about three-fourths the recommended amount of the fertilizer, which realistically, if you saw that reel about what I did with the fertilizer, I'm probably using about three-fourths to the full recommendation of the amount of fertilizer now that I actually tested it out. Um, but I did find one of my books, Practical Houseplant Book, said apply a half-strength balanced liquid fertilizer every two weeks from spring till early fall, which is literally what I do. So, nothing new there. Balanced liquid fertilizer is what I'm using, but there are so many other options here. Um, I think the only other thing that I would say is sometimes over-fertilizing can harm your plant, so under-fertilizing, if you're if you're being cautious is best, but that is, I think, the only thing you could possibly do wrong with fertilizing. So, obviously, you can under-fertilize as well, but to be cautious, I would just always under-fertilize if you are not knowing exactly how to do it. If you're not knowing, for example, Fox Farm, 
has answered my questions in, in like an email to them. If I have a question for them, they'll answer me quickly. So if you have a reliable company that will do that for you, and if you're concerned on how much fertilizer you're using, definitely recommend looking into that. Or ask me. I can try to help you do the math with it. So let me know. But that's what I recommend. But obviously, so many products out there, so many techniques that people use. I have know people that don't even fertilize, which if your plant's doing great, that's fine. But just whatever you feel like, whatever is convenient for you. If you're one of those people that would rather do the slow release fertilizer that lasts like three months, go for it. I did that in the beginning of um, really getting into houseplants too, and it just saves a bunch of time, honestly. So up to you though. Okay, I forgot. We do have a little propagation section too. It's nothing crazy. This plant can just be propagated by division just like a can with like a Boston fern and stuff like that. It is the exact same thing. So you just want to split the plant when the plant is more mature and big enough. And splitting and dividing basically means just chopping it in half, making sure you kind of have a sharp knife or something to cut down wherever you need to. But that's what I would recommend. Okay, jumping into the other facts. So this is part of the Devaliaceae family, obviously. <laughs> um, they are native to Australia, Asia, Africa, and the Pacific Islands. And like I said, this has like a really lacy foliage and it kind of has more of a gray, slightly greenish tint to it. And those fuzzy things hanging off of them that look like spider legs are called rhizomes and they are trailing off the side of the plant. You never want to plant them in the pot because they are supposed to trail and hang over the pot. So do not bury them when you are replanting this pot or planting this pot in general. And I would also, if you're using a cash pot, make sure the rhizos are hanging outside of the cash pot as well. This plant does really, really well in a hanging basket. That way you can kind of see the fuzzy rhizomes from kind of up above a little bit more because they do hide below the foliage a little bit or on a shelf or something just hanging over. The, um, the foliage kind of poofs out, but the rhizomes do hang over. Not a ton. They kind of grip the side of whatever pot they have. It's not like they are roots where they'll grab onto anything but they will kind of grow along the side of the pot in a way. Another great option for this plant and I don't really talk about this much because I've never tried this but I saw in a couple of my books it recommended this and online a bunch of people had them in pictures like this but there's a I think it's called kokidama which is a form of Japanese garden art where it's basically like the plant and its soil in a ball covered in moss kind of like tied up with twine or like fishing line or something and you can hang it or you can kind of just set it on a table or something and it's just a super cool way to have a house plant as art in your house there's a ton of plants out there that can do that but usually it's moisture loving plants that will really thrive in those conditions but that's another kind of home you could put that into that way the roots just grow right over the moss and repotting it is just a matter of kind of adding more soil and getting a bigger moss ball so that's a good option i also know people like to do that and attach kind of the moss to a wood plank instead so you could try to do that as well so this is a great plant to do that with. A lot of people do this with staghorn fern, uh, but staghorn doesn't necessarily need soil like this plant does, but staghorns usually are attached to wood or kind of like a, I don't, I don't know if it's wood. It's just kind of like a, I want to say frame, but it's not. Just some kind of flat thing to be kind of attached to. 
In this case, you still need the soil and the moss because it needs to retain moisture more than like a staghorn fern does. And last little tidbit of other facts is this is a non-toxic plant. So I guarantee your cat or dog will love chewing on this, to be honest, but it is non-toxic, so you're welcome to try it. But those fuzzy little things, they're probably going to like. So <laughs> I do have an episode, obviously, podcast episode 31 is all about um, pets and plants. We talk about toxic and non-toxic and all that good stuff. So if you want more info, check that out. But let's jump to the Instagram Q&A because we did get some good questions this time. Okay, so remember the Instagram Q&A is what I post in my Instagram stories. I do post it on Facebook too, but I know because I post it on Instagram, you can't respond on Facebook. I know, annoying. So I call it Instagram Q&A. So basically, I like to know what you guys want to know. And I know I cover the basics and I go in a little bit of detail about how I've cared for the plant. But if there's something specific you're struggling with or you have a question about or you don't think I'm going to address or you know I'm going to address but you just want to ask anyways just to make sure I do it, this is your chance to do it. And I want you to message me if you know you have a question about an upcoming episode Um, Because I do say whatever the episode is going to be at the end of every episode, like the next episode. So it's the perfect time to ask, say, hey, I know this is coming up. What's the question? Or here's a question. Um, Or in my story about like, I'd say two or three times before the next podcast episode is recorded, I do post a question box asking if anyone has any questions about the plant. And that's the perfect place to put it because I screenshot all of those too. I screenshot your your private messages as well if you have a question, just to make sure I got them all. And then I answer them here. I put them in the blog post with the answers. They're probably not as detailed in the blog as they are on here because I talk a lot more on here, but they are, they do have answers on there too. So I got three questions today. The first one was all of the misting, pebble trays, and humidifiers couldn't keep mine alive. Why? This, I immediately ask, okay, is that the only thing you altered? I doubt it because any houseplant lover or carer or black thumb or green thumb immediately thinks, okay, well, that's not working. What can I do different? Or, okay, nothing is happening there. Is it something else that's going on? And that's really what you your thought process should be with plants. If one thing's not working, you need to shift. If that isn't working, it might be something completely different. So in this one, since I assume you've tried other things, I would assume this is a light or a watering issue, not necessarily a humidity issue. The reason I say that is because I grow mine completely fine without humidity. So I don't think humidity is an 100% necessary, um, what's it called? Uh ride or die thing for this plant. So first things first, do you have it in too much light? It's a possibility it might dry out a lot faster if you have it in too much light. Do you have it in not enough light? If you don't have it in enough light, if it's not at least near a window somewhere, getting a little bit of light, natural light, not necessarily the light from like your room light, but the window light. Maybe you need to put it a little closer to the window or in a window or something like that. Watering. Are you allowing the plant to completely dry out? If so, you shouldn't be. If it's sitting waterlogged in water, that's too much. Just watch those factors. If you're concerned about the light, 
the direction that your house is facing where that window is is really the point that you should be paying attention to so south window is probably too much light for a rabbit's foot fern because that's going to be bright kind of direct sunlight or bright indirect sunlight west window it'll probably be okay but that's still bright indirect light so that could be too much having it in an east or north window is probably best or just off of those windows or just off of a west window or in a room with a south window since so much light comes through a south window those are probably good positions to be in i hope that helps a little bit but i would consider maybe thinking about the watering and the sunlight next time you have one because it it doesn't seem like yours is alive which is very sad because they they are fairly easy plants the other thing i would suggest and i know you said you've tried pebble trace and misting and everything the only difference that i'm using on mine is i kept mine in the nursery pot i didn't repot it and i just put it in a cash pot with the other plant because that that was the only planter i had at the time but maybe putting it in a cash pot instead of replanting it right away maybe that could help as well i don't know so something to try Okay, the next question I had is when do you know to repot it? And this is tricky. It's a tricky question in general, but it's even harder for this plant because of the rhizomes. So the best way to know to replant something is the time since you bought it and honestly pulling the plant out and checking the root system. So for example, when I bought this, I bought it like, I don't know, eight or nine months ago. No more than that. I bought it last spring. So it's probably been about a year. And I usually go off of the amount of time that has passed when I need to repot it or if I just want to put it into a new pot. And that's when I repot it. So I probably go about every two to three years repotting stuff. If I am noticing my plant isn't retaining moisture as much, that's a sign it may need to be repotted. It also could be a sign that it's just getting warmer outside and peak season's coming, so don't mistake it with that. If it's peak season and you're having a hard time keeping this plant watered like you normally do, that could be a sign. If you're noticing the plant kind of pushing up out of the pot, that could be a sign that the root system is growing at the, bot- at the bottom of the pot. If you're also noting- noticing roots coming out of the bottom of the pot, in general, out of the drainage holes, that could be another sign that you need to be repotting it. But really, the foolproof way to check is pulling your plant out of the pot and looking at it. If the root system is really thick and very visible on the outside line of the soil and it's holding the soil together really, really well, the soil really isn't falling off much, it's probably a sign you need to repot it. If the soil comes off really easily and there's still a bunch of soil around the root system, you don't need to repot it. So usually I go every two to three years though. So I hope that helps. Now, if the other thing is, if you really can't get it out of the pot when you're trying to get it out, that's probably a sign it's repotted too. So that's that question. And then the third and last one is how much water and does it need a special pot? So watering, I think I believe is the most important thing for it and it's medium moisture. You don't want to underwater it. I do it every week, but like I said, take that with a grain of salt and kind of adjust it based on kind of your requirements that you have. It does not need a special pot. It's not like an orchid pot where it needs a ton of air circulation around it. Um, They are aeroids. They do grow along other plant material, trees, you know, that kind of thing. 
in nature. So that's why the Kokidama is a really good option for them, but they don't need a special pot. So I just left mine in the plastic nursery pot. I put it in the ceramic cash pot and I, the rhizomes are just hanging over the ceramic cash pot and that's all it needs. So nothing special. I would just make sure you're using a well-draining soil, not like a moisture control soil or anything like that, just like a well-draining or like a houseplant soil or a tropical plant soil or something like that. Um, I think that's more important than the actual pot itself. So put it in whatever pot makes you happy. We'll put it that way. That's the special pot. <laughs> okay, that's all I got for Rabbit's Foot Fern, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to episode 59 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the rabbit's foot fern. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Well, hello, everyone. So I know I have been a little bit MIA when it comes to social media, and I am trying to get on my stories more. I know I put a post about this, but life has just been hectic lately. And with the podcast episodes, these been have been going great, and I'm not really missing these at all. Um, I had some delays with some migraine. Thank you, spring weather, for that. But we're doing good. Um, so you may see less actual posts from me just at this time in my life with a lot going on with kind of the wedding, trying to plan the honeymoon, working full time, trying to spend time with friends and family in between all of that. It's a lot. My wedding is in three months, so it's getting down to crunch time um, and it's crazy how much is needed to be done. <laughs> Um, but it's going to be a blast. It'll just be a big party. So that is that is what we want and we're very excited for it and all of our friends are excited. So um, I can't wait to share some of the details about it when it happens um, and the honeymoon. That'll be a ton of fun. If you have been to Kauai, Hawaii, if you have any recommendations on restaurants or where to go or best hiking routes or anything, please let me know. Message me um, because we do have an idea of what we're doing. Um, but renting a car, it sounds like a pretty expensive option, so we're trying to avoid that. So if you are from Hawaii, Kauai, Hawaii, or you have been there vacationing multiple times or just once, and you have recommendations, please let us know. That'd be fabulous. You can just message the Houseplant Homebody Instagram or Facebook, and I will get it. Um, or you can email me. Go to my website, go to the contact page, and just message me. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, but other than that, um, it's just been crazy. So it's warming up a ton this week. There is 70s, like I think it's 77 for a high on Thursday here, which is nuts because it was in the 40s last week. So very excited for that. Um, and it's going to be in the 60s all week here. So 
probably not. Well, this coming weekend is my bachelor party, so that will also be fun. Um, so I'm not going to get plants for outside and for the wedding planting wise for flowers and stuff next weekend, but the following weekend, I think I definitely am. So you'll have to stay tuned for what I end up doing for that. Um, and yeah, all the houseplants are pretty much going well. Nothing crazy happening. Um, I did buy a lemon tree, not really tree, I guess. It's just like a little bush, um, this past week. So we'll see how that goes. And then I'll buy herbs and stuff to kind of carry on from the herb episode. So I appreciate your support through this very crazy time for me. I will be taking um, two episodes off around the wedding and honeymoon um, just because I thought maybe I could make them up ahead of time, but I don't think I'll be able to if I'm really thinking about it and what I've got going on in the weekends coming. So there will be about a month of not an episode released, but I will still be in my stories and I, I will still probably be posting while I'm on my honeymoon and around the wedding. So, um, and I am going back to work for like a week and a half after the wedding and then we kind of delayed the honeymoon until um, the end of August. So, we're getting married at the beginning of August. So, that is the drama of Holly and Houseplant Homebody. So, um, the next podcast episode is aglaonema and i'm actually going to be doing the newsletter on june 1st which is obviously the um every two months i release the newsletter but i am going to be extending the newsletter for three months so i'll be giving you the june july and august episode so obviously usually i would release podcast episodes every two weeks so the last podcast episode you're going to hear um until uh, up until the wedding is going to be august 2nd um it's going to be kind of a wedding edition version of it which i'm very excited about and then the um next two episodes so like the 16th and 30th of august i'm not going to be doing a podcast episode so the next time you're going to hear from me would be the 13th so I'm actually going to be doing really four months of podcast episodes I'm going to be sharing and I'm going to be doing kind of four months of newsletter all in one instead of the two months. So you're going to see a newsletter on June 1st, but then you're not going to see a newsletter until October 1st again. So definitely, definitely make sure you are signing up for this newsletter if you haven't already. I do put all of the upcoming podcast episodes in there so you can see what's coming. I'll also let you know which ones I'm skipping and like which days they're skipping for the wedding. Um, but all of that information is in there. So make sure you're doing that. Um, it will get released on June 1st, um, or at least around June 1st, whatever that weekend is. Um, yeah, so I will be releasing it on um, June 5th. So I always do it on the first of every other month. Um, but just to make sure I have things lined up, the next newsletter will be June 5th. So make sure you're signing up for that for all that good information. And I'll include a bunch of summer and kind of beginning of fall things because we really need to think about it at that point because it's really going to be four months worth of newsletter content that I need to put in there. So make sure you're doing that. Um, and I will see you for the Chinese Evergreen podcast episode. See you guys later. Bye-bye.